Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Since our last episode, the latest Smash Bros. DLC character has been revealed and released. For the most recent Fire Emblem title, Three Houses, Violet joins the battle. This marks the end of the first round of planned downloadable characters, and now we begin the wait to see who will be included in Fighter Pass 2, which will feature six new characters over the coming months. To say that Balot's inclusion to Smash Bros. for some was a disappointment would be an understatement. With the exception of the free-for-a-limited-time Piranha Plant, all the new characters were from never-before-smashed franchises, and from all kinds of genres too. From the social simulation RPG Persona, to the JRPG Dragon Quest, from the platformer Banjo-Kazooie to the fighting series King of Fighters, the new characters represented exciting leaps into uncharted territory. And the grand finale to that string of characters? An eighth sword character from Fire Emblem. Even the character's reveal trailer pokes fun at that fact. I see. Too many swordsmen are there? And you? You wield the sword as well? What will you do? I could personally direct you to some amazing content that does a great job of pointing out the monotony of the Fire Emblem characters, of which there are now nearly 600 playable ones over the series' 17 main games. Despite all this, the data doesn't lie that Fire Emblem is a beloved and award-winning franchise, and there's clearly a large and dedicated fanbase who are thrilled to see the new protagonist grace the Smash arena. My intent isn't to make statements about how good or bad the series is as a whole, however. My intent is to show you what kind of music it brings to Smash. Like Robin and Corrin, Byleth is a character who comes with both male and female versions, since they're a customizable protagonist in the original game. The character makes use of various heroes relics, which are powerful items in the game Fire Emblem Three Houses. Every tilt attack uses the sword of the creator, as well as their up attacks, which use it in an extended whip form. Down specials and attacks use the heavy and powerful axe Amir. Forward smash and forward special is the long range lance Aridbar, and their neutral aerial and neutral special is the bow Failnot, which can be charged for massive damage. This character has a wide range of tools and is effective in many situations, specifically being called a distance demon by Sakurai because of the range of weapons like the bow and the spear. However, not without their flaws, the Byleths suffer from low mobility and a bad grab game. As always, it'll be interesting to find out how the Smash Bros meta will evolve with this new character. Of course, on this podcast we especially care about the music that this character brings to the game. Eleven new Fire Emblem songs, all from Three Houses, appear in the game. Though technically it's nine new songs, since two of them, the Fire Emblem Three Houses main theme and Edge of Dawn Seasons of Warfare, have two versions each, an English lyric version and a Japanese lyric version. The main theme of Three Houses is the only remix song in the new batch, and it's what we've been listening to so far in this episode. Akihiro Honda was behind the remix, and the game was originally composed by Takeru Kanazaki, Hiroki Morishita, and Rei Kondo. Before we get any further with Fire Emblem, though, we have another song making its way into Smash Bros, 
And just like Undertale's Megalovania, it comes to us through the purchase of a Mii costume from another indie studio's game. And we've actually listened to it on a previous episode. Hailing all the way back from our Quika episode, you can now beat up your friends while listening to that glorious instrument from Cuphead's Floral Fury. My favorite description of the Quika since making that episode is that it sounds like someone furiously moving a McDonald's straw up and down in the cup. Which, yeah, I mean, it's basically the same principle as a Quika. Let's finally start to buckle down on the Fire Emblem Three Houses music. The rest of the music of this episode will be from the three previously mentioned composers, and from the original Fire Emblem Three Houses game directly ported to Smash. The next piece we'll listen to, Blue Skies and a Battle. Fire Emblem music since the beginning, like Dragon Quest and I'm sure a host of other medieval fantasy style games, have almost exclusively used both orchestral and world music instruments to put a cohesive musical theme around their games, with maybe a drum set to add a sturdy pulse. I'm sure you've noticed by now, however, that the Three Houses soundtrack has a lot more electronica-inspired music production throughout. As I talk about the content of Three Houses, Note that there are minor, spoilery things that I'll mention throughout, but nothing that Nintendo or Sakurai hasn't mentioned while discussing the game. Until later on in the episode, that is. Byleth takes the role of a professor at the Garig Mach Monastery, which is a combination of the headquarters of the religious order, the Church of Syros, and the Officer's Academy. It's a neutral area located in central Fodlon between its three main countries, the Adrestrian Empire, the Holy Kingdom of Fergus, and the Leicester Alliance. The academy serves to train up the nobility of the countries in war, so as to defend their island from assault. Early on in the game, you must decide one of the three houses, representing the three countries, to teach. 
The first half of the game passes in relative harmony, as the students learn to take part in mock battles with each other. The Fire Emblem series famously features permadeath, where characters lost in battle are lost forever. The mock battles between students don't feature such a harsh treatment. In fact, all the students are friends with each other, regardless of which nation they originally come from. However, and this is when the game takes a turn, a serious event occurs that turns the nations and the students against each other. Before we talk about it, let's listen to Between Heaven and Earth from the Three Houses and Smash Ultimate soundtrack. The story picks up five years later, when the students find each other again. This time not as friends, but mortal enemies, ready to enact Fire Emblem's permadeath on each other. Based on your interactions with other characters, and especially on which house you pick, Byleth finds themselves in a difficult situation in this struggle. The themes represented in this game of turning your allegiance to fight and, if need be, even kill your own friends, are pretty dark and serious in tone and the music of the game definitely reflects it. One big way it does so is to take the classic Fire Emblem series theme and twist it from major to minor in various places in the game's soundtrack. However, it's easiest to hear in the opening menu theme of the game. This one's not found in Smash. Compared to the relatively chipper Fire Emblem theme from other games. (laughs) 
Of course, there are other musical reasons that the soundtrack to this game is able to ramp up the intensity of the emotional struggles of the characters involved. This is just one of those musical reasons. Modulation! Essentially, what modulation in music is, is a change of tonality or a key. Typically, when a composer starts writing a piece of music, they choose a key signature which limits them to certain notes and chords that fit the piece. Believe me when I say that, in this case, limitations are a good thing. The key they have chosen has become like home, especially through repetition, and it gives the listener a massive sense of stability and reference point for the rest of the piece. Sometimes though, people move to a new house, which can be exciting, scary, or any feeling in between. Just like moving houses, composers can change keys throughout the song to make it more interesting. And changing keys means upsetting what has become established as home, which can elicit all kinds of emotions in the listener. On paper, a composer doesn't actually have to change the sharps or flats or key signature of a section of music to call it a modulation. Especially if the foray to a new key is quick, a few accidentals in the music will do. There are a number of ways a composer can modulate from one key to another, but we'll focus on two main ones for this episode. The first way, and possibly the most common in classical Western music practice, is to move to your second key through the use of a pivot chord, or a common chord between those two keys. For example, say I start a piece in the key of C major. C has no sharps or flats, so in this key you have access to the chords C major, D minor, E minor, F major, G major, A minor, and B diminished. Let's say I've been using these chords to make my way through this song I've composed, but I've decided to switch to the key of G major at some point throughout. G major has one sharp, F sharp. Therefore, the chords of G major are G major, A minor, B minor, C major, D major, E minor, and F sharp diminished. If you take a look at both keys, you'll realize that the two keys share several chords in common. C major, E minor, G major, and A minor. Any of these could be used to pivot into our new key. I'm going to use the chord G major, and I'm going to play D major directly afterwards for two reasons. First, D major makes use of the F sharp, which is the one note that is different between both scales, to establish ourselves in that new key of G major. Secondly, D major is the V chord of G major and five chords have a quality about them that draws us naturally to the root chord. So here's our chord progression. And this time let me spell out the chords as we go through. All the chords are major. C, G, C, C, pivot chord G, D, G. G, C, D, G. This works! This kind of modulation is a subtle kind. We try to make it as smooth as possible as we switch from one key to another without the listener being too aware. It's like the chord G major is a door between the two keys C major and G major. The second kind of modulation we'll talk about today is direct modulation, skipping from one key to another without the help of transitionary pivot chords. This kind of modulation is less like opening a door to the next key, and more like kicking the wall in. The subtlety isn't there, which makes it more obvious and, usually, more dramatic. 
This is a staple of most pop songs from the 90s. You start in one key, say A major, like in the Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way, and dramatically launch yourselves up a whole step into B major with a sick vocal run. There are two chords that are shared between A major and B major that could have been used as pivot chords, C sharp minor and E major. But the boys just couldn't wait for those pivot chords to hit you with that powerhouse of a note. Most abrupt modulations like this move up either a half step or, like this song that we just heard, a whole step. The new key is close enough in pitch to the original that we aren't totally knocked out of our senses, and it's just high enough that the vocalist can still manage the heights of the new key. While I could find other similarities between boy bands and the characters of Fire Emblem, I'll only say as much to segue us back to the topic at hand. I listened to the list of Fire Emblem Three Houses music brought to Smash Bros. Ultimate, and to my delight, I found that all but one features some kind of modulation at some point. First of all, the remix of the main theme of the song features a few different keys. The bulk of it is an E-flat minor. Up until the 1 minute 28 second mark, where a flurry of electric guitar abruptly brings us up to E minor to mark the intensity of the lyrics. This is the same kind of technique that makes I Want It That Way ramp up its intensity. Later on, there's an interesting 2.5 bar foray into C minor, then another 2.5 bars back to E minor, and then we abruptly shift to D minor for a shredding guitar solo. Lastly, since all battle tracks in Smash Bros need to be able to loop infinitely, since we don't know how long a fight is going to last, the tracks need to find a cohesive musical way to go back to the beginning. Modulation should be taken into consideration, and really so should any other aspect of the music. An easy way to go back to the beginning of the song though is just to stop the song, pause briefly, and get right back into it, which is what the Three Houses main theme does. Much more intriguing to me in terms of modulation, though, is the song Blue Skies and a Battle. This is a song that originally plays in Three Houses near the end of Byleth's time at the Academy, where a three-way free-for-all mock battle between all three houses is taking place. The team who strikes down the most foes wins. Let's listen to how this song treats modulation. First, it starts very solidly in D minor, especially when it gets to this part with a strong D drone. Something special happens next though. The progression goes from that D minor chord down to B flat major and then to C major. This is standard affair in the key of D minor. It's the one chord, the six chord, and the seven chord. But instead of resolving back to what would be expected, 
the D minor, we launch ourselves into a new key, F minor, and it plays that same riff again in the new key, followed by the first part of the song in that new key as well. So here's the chord progression that we might expect. But this is what we actually hear. Let's listen to it in the actual recording. Shifting to F minor like this has a bit of the same sense that an abrupt modulation gives us, where we instantly ramp up the pressure by skipping up to a new key. However, the leap that we just experienced is a minor third, which is bigger than the usual abrupt modulation that we're used to. The crux of this key change lies with that C major chord in that little turnaround that we listened to, which acts as our pivot chord. While C major is not in the key of F natural minor, it is in the key of F harmonic minor. You can also remember that, as we said earlier, the 5 chord of any key, if it's major, or especially if it's a dominant 7, has qualities that draw our ears to the root chord, whether that root chord is major or minor. Clever stuff, Fire Emblem. As we continue to listen to Blue Skies in a battle, we have a nearly identical experience at the 1 minute 30 second mark. We have our drone in F minor, then we switch to the 6 and 7 chords, just like in our previous key. Only in the key of F minor, those chords are D flat major and E flat major. So, in the last case, we had a C major chord that brought us to F minor. In this case, E flat major is being treated like a dominant chord, so we should end up in the key of A flat minor. which we do. Brilliant. Following this, we have a new section of music in A flat minor that we haven't heard in this song before. At the end of all of that, we have to get back to the end of our loop section. If you remember, the remix of the theme of Fire Emblem simply stops and then starts the song again to make that loop happen. Blue Skies in a Battle finds its way back to the original D minor through a series of kind of related chords and it does so in a fluid way rather than stopping and starting again. If you know anything about the circle of fifths, D and A flat are on opposite ends, meaning they're just about as dissonant as you can get between two separate key signatures. Remember that we just ended in A flat minor and our original key is D minor. So the composers have this challenge of finding their way back to that original key. Rather than using pivot chords per se, I think it helps to think of this section as using pivot notes to wind our way back to the original key. The transition chords start at the 2 minute 35 second mark, and they start with an A flat suspension, meaning the root and the fifth, A flat and E flat, but instead of having a third in the middle, they use the fourth, in this case, D flat. Suspensions usually resolve to a regular chord triad, which this one does. 
but to an unexpected A-flat major instead of minor. Remember, we just spent a long time in the key of A-flat minor. After this, we move to a B-flat suspension chord, B-flat, E-flat, and F. That E-flat that was the fifth of A-flat major acts as the common tone or pivot note to bring us to this new chord. That B-flat suspension resolves to B-flat major by dropping the E-flat down to D. The next chord is G sus, which is the holiest of all chords, made up of G, C, and D. So now our pivot note is the note D. The G sus revolves to G major, and we quickly skip up to A major before starting our song's loop again in D minor. A major would be the dominant chord or the five chord of D minor, so we have strongly suggested the home feeling of D minor once again, despite all our meandering. I'll play the piano for what I hear as the common tones between these chords. Remember what I said is happening in the game Three Houses as you listen to the song Blue Skies in a Battle? It's a three-way free-for-all mock war between the three houses of Fodlan. You'll notice the song modulates between three distinct keys throughout. D minor, F minor, and A flat minor. Each of those keys are three semitones apart, in other words, a minor third. Three countries, three houses, three keys, three notes of separation. Now let's take a look at one more song from Fire Emblem and see how it treats modulation. This is Between Heaven and Earth. At the 41 second mark, we hear this. Almost identical to our previous song, right? In this case, we start our song in B minor instead of D minor. We go through our 6 chord, G major, and our 7 chord, A major, before modulating to the key of D minor using A major as our dominant chord. As we listen a little bit later, in the 1 minute 30 second mark, we have the same pattern. D minor, B flat major, C major, and then we switch down to F minor using C major as the dominant chord. Just before the loop point at 2 minutes and 35 seconds, we have what we'd expect to be our chords transitioning us back to the beginning of the loop, B minor. You'll remember that in Blue Skies in a Battle, we shifted through a series of suspended and major chords using pivot notes. This piece between heaven and earth is different. We have no shifting modulation, but we stay in the key of F minor. We slowly move from an F minor chord, to a D flat major chord, to a C suspension, and finally C major, before we kind of droop and sag down into B minor at the very end, which brings us back to the beginning of the song.
So how come there's no dominant chord bringing us back to B minor at the end of the progression? Well, my friends, that question in itself is wrong. C is a dominant chord leading to B minor. Remember back to our tritone substitution episode. This is huge. Remember, we're in the key of F. So this G flat chord, which is built on the flattened second scale degree of F major, can suddenly take the same role as the dominant chord built on the fifth, which is a C dominant chord. And if you didn't notice, that first dominant chord, C7, is a tritone away from G flat 7. The original key of this song is B minor. The dominant chord of B minor should be F sharp major. The dominant chord built on the tritone of F sharp major is C major. The C major is the chord that we have before B minor. C major therefore is dominant, but it feels much less stable in how it grounds us in B minor than the previous song did. If you could see me now with my cork board and the pins and the strings connecting all these different parts of different songs together, as you can tell, these two pieces, Between Heaven and Earth, which we just listened to, and the previous Blue Skies in a Battle, are virtually identical. Blue Skies started in D minor, went to F minor, and finally A flat minor. Heaven and Earth started in B minor, went to D minor, and finally F minor. Remember how in Blue Skies in a Battle we went up by a minor third for each key change? Well, go up a minor third from the last key of that song, which is A-flat minor, and you'll end up on the starting key for Between Heaven and Earth, the second song. Clearly, these two songs are deeply linked. Does that mean the content of the game during the segments where we hear these songs are linked as well? For as long as you hear the next piece of music, there is spoilers for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Be warned. Between Heaven and Earth plays during the second half of the game. Dramatically, leaders of the armies of the three nations assemble near Garig Mach Monastery, on the exact spot where five years previous, the three separate houses were learning the art of war together. In the present day, the leaders of those armies are the very peers who learned together, who were such good friends but whose relationships were torn asunder by the political turmoil of the continent, and the staged and friendly battles of years past have been replaced with broken trust and death at the hands of former friends. The music of this section is a very poignant callback to that old battle, heightening the bitterness of the present fight the warriors find themselves in. It's like Nintendo's version of a George R.R. Martin plot twist. The power of music. Even if you were to just think about this piece on the surface, you can hear how modulation heightens the intensity. However, knowing what goes into the music, at least in my opinion, makes the impact that much greater. I wonder how much of our subconscious takes in the musical directing of the composers to a certain feeling when we aren't even aware of the tools they're using to take us there. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast or suggestions of a song or music topic. Leaving a rating or review on your podcasting platform is a great way to share that with me and helps Overtone Warp Zone gain some exposure. 
You can stay up to date on podcast news by visiting the website OvertoneWarpZone.com. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast and want to give your support, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Overtone Warp Zone. Until next time, keep playing. Yes, you are.